Well, hey, if uh, you have your Bibles, let's get them out. Let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, and uh, I'll take just another minute because I know we had a lot of people come in during the worship set, and uh, thanks for coming, thanks for getting out and, uh, and braving the hail, and uh, we had a leader on our way tonight that got her windshield cracked, so su- suffering for the Lord, that's it right there, but, uh, but no, hey, thanks for coming and thanks for being here. Um, I- I'll tell you, this summer thing, it's always a weird thing for us to figure out. We're never quite sure what to do in the summer for student ministry because... Like everybody leaves, right? And uh, I promise you, and you'll see this if you're kind of consistent during the summer weeks, we'll show up one week and it'll be one group of students. And then we'll come back the next week and it's like a completely different group of students here just because, you know, vacations and you guys are out of school, so you don't want to do anything and um, play video games and uh, go to the pool or whatever, I'd I'd do it too. But um, but listen, I I thought that it would be cool this summer if we just kind of just kept going. Um, did our normal thing like we usually do just on a different night and again do some different things with worship and maybe just use the summer to really kind of get our bearings about us to be intentional with our time together over these summer months to really fix our attention on what it needs to be fixed and I always feel like it's weird because we end one school year summer like you know, it's there, but it's not really there. You know, we don't do a whole lot. And then we gear back up and we jump back into a new year and we try to get all fired up again. And we're going to go reach our schools and blah, 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 and all this stuff. So I'm just thinking, why don't we just keep that focus over the summer? And while we're not at our schools, while we're not in those mission fields that are our high school campuses, why don't we talk about, think about, pray about what it's going to look like to go back into those places next year and reach our friends with the good news of Jesus Christ. So um, as a team, as a, as a reckless team like me and Greg and Corey and Eric and Devin, um, we all sat down together one day at Starbucks and um, said, all right, well, cool. What, what are we going to teach? What are we going to talk about this summer? And uh, we threw a lot of great ideas out there and uh, actually kind of came up with our opening series for the fall and some other things that we're going to, to use next year through the school year as well. But when it came to the summer, we settled on a topic that we felt like if we can really get, if we can get together as a group, not just in our individual lives, but together as, as the church, as a part of the church, um, it could change a lot. And, uh, and, and the topic that we're going to talk about over the next several weeks is prayer. It's prayer. Now, a couple of reasons why we chose to discuss this topic of prayer, okay? Um, I only had two here, but I'm going to start with one that I didn't include in my notes. Here's one of the biggest reasons that I think it's important for us in the next few weeks to talk about prayer as we already kind of gear up and, and think toward next year and what that's going to look like. Um, Jerry Falwell said this, and I believe it is so true. He said, nothing um, of in, nothing of eternal significance or eternal importance happens apart from prayer. Like we can go out with great ideas. We can go out with straight, great strategy. We can walk out of this building and man, we can have great motivation. I'm gonna go reach my friends. I'm gonna go reach my campus. I'm gonna stay fired up for the Lord. And we can walk out of here with all those great intentions. But if prayer is not a part of our daily lives, then guys, we're gonna have little impact for the kingdom of God. 
My dream for this high school ministry has always been and will continue to be that we would be a group of high schoolers set apart from the rest of the world for the glory of Jesus Christ, heart set on making him known, heart set on living for and finding our joy in him above everything else that this world has to offer us so that at the end of the day, our lives will be eternally significant. That's my dream for you. Here's what I know. Unless you are praying, unless prayer is a part of your daily life, that will never happen. I I want this place to be a force to be reckoned with. Like my dream would be every time the enemy thinks of reckless, he's like, oh gosh, man, they're killing me, right? Like that's my dream. Is that every time somebody thinks they're reckless, it's not like, oh, Corey, Eric Chassel, worship is great. Oh, James, yeah, he's okay speaker. Oh, Greg, you know, whatever. No, man, I want them to think about what goes on here and go, Jesus is doing unbelievable things in the midst of those high school kids. That'll never happen unless we become a people of prayer. Now, another reason that it's important for us to talk about this is because you as an individual, that's kind of us together, you as an individual... You will never have a meaningful relationship with God unless you know how to pray and you implement prayer into your daily walk with the Lord. Like prayer for us as believers, prayer for us as Christians is something that we cannot live without. It is one of the only ways that you and I can have a relationship with God. Prayer, it's how we talk to God. This book is how God talks to us. And so... If you come and you hear like me or Brad or Greg or whoever else stands on the stage and teaches, when you hear us go, spend time in this book, when you hear us say, spend time in prayer, it's not so that you can walk out and like check things off, what makes me a good Christian list, right? I'm trying to be a good boy, a good girl, so I'll do these things. The reason we preach that at you and we encourage you to do those things, spend time with God on a daily basis is because this book and prayer are the lines of communication that God has set up for us to speak with him and him to us. And unless we're spending time in this book and in time in prayer, there is no way that our relationship with him will grow or flourish. I mean, can you imagine trying to have a relationship with someone and never talking to them, right? Sounds kind of ridiculous, doesn't it? Well, it's the same way with God. If we want our relationship with him to count, to matter, to be intimate, to be deep, to to be a relationship that means something, we cannot do it without prayer. Um, I'll give you one more reason I think that this series is so important. And the reason I want to encourage you guys to be over the next several weeks um, is because I know prayer is one of those things that lots of us struggle with, right? It's important, it's vital. If we want to do eternally significant things, we've got to pray. If we want our relationship with God to matter, to be meaningful, we have to pray. Yet, there are a lot of us, if we were honest, and I'll be the first guy to raise my hand, that hit walls when it comes to our prayer lives, don't we? I mean, if, if I was the only guy that stood up here and said, man, at times in my life I struggled to pray, um, I would call you all dirty liars, right? I know I'm not the only guy in this room that would say, at times in my life, prayer is very hard. And I think a lot of us in the room would, would agree with that. Some of us don't really understand prayer. We fail to pray consistently because we don't really get the purpose of prayer and we don't get the power that it brings into our lives. And so over the next several weeks, my hope 
And my prayer is that our ideas and our thoughts and our knowledge and what we know about prayer, I pray it'll change dramatically. And I pray that this group of students will become prayer warriors and that eternally significant things would happen because you and I commit ourselves to get on our face before God and not let up. That's my prayer. That's my prayer. I want to give you two big misconceptions about prayer that I think a lot of us might have and uh, and a couple of big reasons that I think a lot of us struggle with praying consistently. Here's a couple of them and um, these apply to my own life at times as well. So um, I'm not talking at you. I'm talking to us together. Here's a big misconception about prayer. Um, Number one, prayer. A lot of people look at prayer and they fall into this trap of believing that prayer is simply about me making God aware of my needs. I've been this guy. Um, If I were to ask you tonight, what is the primary purpose of prayer? I would guess that a lot of us in the room would raise our hands and go, well, I pray to kind of tell God what's going on in my world, right? I pray so that I can say, God, here I am. I'm still on the globe, right? While you're up there doing your God thing, don't forget about me. Here's what I'm up against. Here's what my circumstances look like. So God, if you could just remember me while you're kind of doing whatever you do every day, that would be fantastic. I I don't know if that sounds familiar to you. For a long time, this was how I viewed prayer, is that prayer was just simply a means of me going to God and saying, God, here's everything I need from you, right? If I'm going to make it, God, here's what I need from you. And this kind of carries us into the next big misconception of prayer is a lot of people who buy into that misconception also believe that that prayer, and, and they believe wrongly that prayer is not only about me making God aware of my needs, but prayer is about God responding and answering everything on my wish list, right? So... Here's the picture. We kind of view prayer as this awesome. I get to tell God all this stuff I want, all this stuff I need. And then when I pray, I'll go to God, kind of like we go to Santa Claus, right? And I'll convince him I've been a good boy. I've been a good girl. This is why I need all this stuff. God, I'm going to leave this with you. You take care of it. I'll sit back and wait for this stuff to kind of fall out of the sky into my lap, right? And so a lot of people, they want to view prayer that way. Um, have you ever prayed anything like this? And I'm giving you one from my life, and this is terrible, but confession time, right? Like, God, I need a girlfriend. That was me in high school. Um, and see, I, this was the bad thing because I prayed for the wrong. I prayed for like, never mind, I won't get into that. I dated some not so great girls, but God would, you know, it, it would kind of go like this. God, she's smoking hot. You know, God, I would really love for you to bring her my way. And I'll, I'll do anything. And God, okay, that's on my wish list. I put it in front of you. I prayed for it. God, your turn, right? I did my part and I've been pretty good. The last girl I dated, um, she was really good. Now l- let me have my time with this one, right? And so I'd sit back and wait and obviously nothing would usually happen. Um, or what about this one? Like some of us have this experience. Um, like God, so-and-so's sick, grandma's sick, grandma's sick. We found out grandma's sick. And so, um, God, what I need and what I really want is for you to make grandma better. And so God, that's on my list. I brought it to you. I made you aware of what it is I want, what it is I need. God, I'm, I'm being pretty good. I'm following the rules. I'm going to church. I'm doing what you told me to do. So God, here, I'm going to leave that with you. If you could take care of that, that would be fantastic. Again, I think if we were honest, there's a lot of us maybe in the room that would go, yeah, yeah, that's kind of my prayer life. That's how I view that thing. For me, a lot of years of my life, that is exactly how I prayed. And here's what happens to people who fall into believing that this is what prayer looks like. Here's what happens. Okay, you ready? 
They do this over, over an amount of time and they bring these things before the Lord and they don't get the smoking hot girl and grandma stays sick and she eventually dies and, and things don't happen the way they hope that they would happen. And so what happens next is these people, they get frustrated. They don't feel like God's listening to them. They feel like every time they pray, their prayers are just hitting the ceiling. And finally what happens is they get so frustrated with prayer that they point their finger at prayer. They say it's stupid, it's pointless, prayer doesn't work. I'm done with it. So they struggle with it. They're not consistent with it. And they write prayer off as something that is impossible because they don't see the results from prayer that they think they should get from prayer. And it's all because they're broken. Prayer's not broken. You got broken people using prayer for something that, that in the long run, the primary purpose of couldn't be further from. Now, now, let me clarify something before we keep going, okay? That does not mean that you should not pray for things, okay? All through this book, all through this book, God goes, ask me for stuff, right? Now, some of us ask God for stupid stuff, don't we? And God's going, no, no way, bro, no, that's just dumb. I'm not going to do that, right? Some of us ask God for some legit stuff. I mean, again, that prayer, like, God, make grandma better, that's a legit prayer. And you know what? You need to pray that. You need to pray that. You need to pray for your lost friends. You need to pray for things that you see going on in the world that desperately need to change. Things that seem too big for anybody to do anything about. You need to pray for those things. You need to ask God for things. Now, again, let's be real. God's not always going to answer your prayers the way you pray them. He might sometimes. He might not other times. And sometimes the answer is going to be, I'll do it later. Right? But that should never stop us from praying for things. God tells us to pray for things. But the, the point I'm trying to make is this, is we cannot fall into the trap of believing that the primary purpose of prayer is just asking for stuff, okay? That is not the primary purpose of prayer. That is part of prayer, but the primary purpose of prayer is much different than that. And again, my prayer is that over the next several weeks, you'll see it. Matthew 6, Jesus teaching on prayer. I want us to see what he has to say, okay? Um, and I just said a lot of stuff that I wasn't planning on saying, but congratulations. That, that's free, all of it. Um, Matthew 6 um, we ended our, our school year by teaching on the Beatitudes. And I told you that this Sermon on the Mount that starts in Matthew 5 was one of, if not the greatest sermon that we have recorded of, of Jesus. And uh, Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 is still preaching, same group of people. And he's going through a lot of different topics. I mean, by this point, he's taught the Beatitudes. He's taught about anger. He's taught about lust. He's talked about divorce, um, loving your enemies, all this stuff. And then he comes to Matthew 6 and he starts talking about prayer. And I want us to read these verses together, starting in verse 5. Look at what Jesus says. He says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And then Jesus goes on and he says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases. I don't know what that was. Uh, and when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now, if you pay close attention to these verses, here's what we find out about prayer. Is that prayer 
When we pray, when we use prayer for its primary purpose, here's what you need to know and here's what Jesus makes clear. He tells us in these verses that prayer always works. Every single time you pray. When you pray, Jesus is making a point here that prayer always works. And if you're looking at those verses going, okay, James, I don't really see that. How do you know this? Here's how I know it. Because in verse 6, Jesus says plainly this. He says, every time I pray, every time I go and I talk with God, what does God do? What does he do? He, he rewards me, right? That's what the Bible says. It says, when you pray, you go into your room, go into to secret, and you pray. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This statement by Jesus tells us something, and here's what it tells us. When we pray, when we talk to the Lord, prayer always works. And why does it work? Because every time we talk to the Lord, we are rewarded. God rewards us. Now, here's the next question we need to ask. So how does God reward us? What is the reward of prayer? And I'm glad you asked, and I'm going to tell you. Okay, you ready? Here it is. The reward of prayer is this. It is simply you and I getting to step into the presence of God to engage in a meaningful conversation with the one who holds the universe together. That's the reward of prayer. The reward of prayer is not getting everything on my wish list exactly how I wrote it out. The true reward of prayer, and this seems so easy, but so many of us miss it. The true reward of prayer is that you and I get to talk to God. That's the reward of prayer. And, and if you're sitting back and you're going, well, James, that seems easy. And I don't want, why did I come tonight? If that's all you're going to tell me that the reward of prayer, I get to talk to God. Yeah, I know that. Guys, think with me about how unbelievably incredible this is. You and I, let's paint the picture. You and I, right now in this moment, we can speak words and God... The God who spoke everything we see into creation. The one who spoke the stars into the sky. The one who made man and woman with his very own hands. The, the same God that the book of Hebrews says none of us could live or move or breathe without. That God, we speak words and that God turns his ear to listen to us. Do you, do you get that? Like I hope you're not in your seat going... Ugh, yeah, awesome. Like, man, if that's you, then we got some work to do, but I'm glad you're here, all right? I'm going to pray for you, okay? Um, man, we've got to understand how unbelievable prayer truly is. I mean, it is an overwhelming thought to know that God has opened up His presence to us always and forever, that we can access Him at any time. He is not a far-off God that we have to leave messages for, and, and He might get back to us if He feels like it, but He is always listening, always hearing us, and always responding. The reward of prayer is that you and I undeservingly get to come into the presence of our Creator, our Savior, our Father, and we get to speak directly to him. Here's what you need to remember. If you're taking notes, I would encourage you to write this down. Prayer is not just about answers. Prayer is about reward. Prayer is not just about answers. Prayer is about reward. And I've already said this. Our prayers might be answered by God the way we pray them. They might not. It might take time. 
But you know what? Even if things don't turn out the way that we pray for them to turn out, we can be sure that our prayer will always be rewarded because God hears us and we get to speak to him directly. Um, I'll give you an illustration to help you understand this a little bit better. I've been married for um, a little over six years. Um, My wife, if I went to her and the only time I ever spoke to her was when I wanted something, my relationship would be really lame, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like if I showed up to my wife and I never talked to her ever except like, hey, I want some dinner, right? Like go cook me some dinner. That would be awesome right now if I could have some dinner. Um, Or, hey, the garbage needs to be taken out, woman, right? Um, I would... Listen, you guys don't know my wife, some of you. I would never say that because I get punched right in the face. But, um, and she's little, but she's crazy. So uh, I'm telling you, like, our relationship, how lame would it be if the only time I ever called my wife's name, said Amber, was when I needed something from her? That, that would be lame, right? No, no, no. I, I spend time talking to my wife so that our relationship can grow, our relationship could flourish, not so that my wife will just do whatever I ask her to do whenever I ask her to do it. Guys, what you got to get is it's the same thing with God, okay? Prayer. We're going to talk about this in a couple of weeks. The Bible says that God is our Father, He's our Father. I'm understanding this in a new way. Me, me and my wife, we're having a baby in about five weeks, right? And so um, right now in my house, I've got 3D pictures of my little girl um, plastered onto my fridge, okay? So every time I go to open the, the, the door to my fridge, I, I see the face of my little girl, and it's just like, oh, gosh, you know, it just like melts me inside, and I feel this love. I can't explain it. It's like, man, I'm that little girl's dad. Man, I can't wait to meet her. I can't wait to see her. I can't wait to, to see what she's going to be like. And you know what? As I read the scriptures and I hear this language used about God, he's our, he's our father, He's a loving father. I'm understanding it in a way now I've never understood before. And you know what a loving father wants from his kids? He he wants a relationship. He wants a relationship. If my little girl came out just going, give me this and buy me this and take me here, I'd be like, girl, you got, I'm done, right? (laughs) Listen, God does not exist for us to just run to every time we need something or want something. That's not what prayer's about, Prayer is about you engaging in a meaningful relationship with a loving heavenly father that wants to know you and wants you to know him very deeply and very, very intimately. This is what prayer is about. Um, We're going to wrap up here in just a minute. Jesus says that in order for us to get there, when we understand that, when we understand prayer's primary purpose is about us talking to the Lord and developing a relationship with Him as our Father. Jesus warns us um, of a couple of paths that we need to avoid when it comes to prayer, okay? One of them is this. In these verses right here, He says, don't pray for other people. Don't pray for other people. In verses 5 and 6, He says, don't be like the hypocrites, the Pharisees. Don't be like these guys who love to walk into crowded synagogues, right? Or Jewish people. They, they pray at certain times of the day, all right? No matter where they are. So they're like in Macy's, you know, or Rue 21. Okay, let's do that because you guys are like Macy's. What is Macy's? Um, 
Route 21. They're in Route 21, right? It's time to pray. So we just stop and we pray. This is how they roll. And so Jesus is going, hey, don't be like those pharisaical, religious, hypocritical people who kind of mosey over to those crowded street corners or the busy synagogues when it's time to pray. And then they kind of puff themselves up and speak all this crazy language so that other people will look at them and be impressed, right? Jesus is going, don't pray to impress other people. You know those guys that do that? You can turn on Christian TV and you can see those guys, right? Like they use every Bible verse that they've ever memorized. They use all the theological terms that they know. God, thank you for, for my justification and for my one day, my glorification. And thank you for propitiation. And th- you know, it's like, dude, shut up. What are you saying right now? Um, Jesus is saying, don't be like those people. Don't be like those people. Jesus says, man, if you want to bring attention to yourself through your prayers, if you want people to look at you and go, wow, how holy is that guy? He goes, that's cool and everything, but you understand that's your reward. Like you get no reward from God. Your relationship with God is not deeper than it it started off. If you want to go and pray and ask God for something, he's not going to give you anything. Like all you get is people looking at you going, wow, it's a pretty religious dude, right? Wow, I'm kind of impressed. I had no idea Habakkuk had more than one chapter, right? He quoted 13 verses out of Habakkuk. I had no idea, you know, like Jesus goes, don't be like those people. Don't be like those people. Prayer, it's not about that. It's about you. It's about him. It's about you praying to your father. And Jesus also says this. He says, don't pray pestering prayers. Don't pray to pester. In verse seven, Jesus says, don't be like the Gentiles. Don't be like the pagans. Pagan people, Gentile people back in this time, they believed that when they prayed, the more and more they repeated certain phrases, that the more magical and powerful their prayers would become and the gods would be more apt to hear them and more apt to do what they wanted them to do for them. So um, you go back and read 1 Kings 18 and you read the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel, right? And he's battling with these prophets of Baal, this false god, and they're kind of going back and forth. I don't have time to go in the whole story, but go read it. And when it's time for the, the, the Baal prophets to step up and to call on their God to throw fire down from heaven, all they do, this is all they pray. They say, oh, Baal, answer us. Oh, Baal, answer us. Oh, Baal, answer us. Oh, Baal, answer us. Over and over and over. Oh, Baal, answer us. Oh, Baal, answer us. And Jesus is going, don't be like those guys. That's annoying, right? Like, I think if there were more words there, Jesus would go, that's annoying. Like, don't pray to pester God. Like if I was God and you guys came and prayed to me like that, I'd go, dude, I'm not doing anything you ask me. Like quit with all the words. Jesus is going. And the point he's making here is this. He's saying to us that these long repetitious prayers are not required to gain the attention of God. You know what God wants? We say this all the time. We say this all the time in reckless. God doesn't want your words. He doesn't want your fancy prayers. You know what he wants? He wants your heart. He doesn't care about your actions. He doesn't care how religious you are. He doesn't care how many rules you can follow well. He wants your heart. I love John Bunyan's quote about prayer. He says, it's better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. That's it, man. God wants our heart. Prayer is about coming to God and seeking his heart with all of our heart. That's the point Jesus is trying to make here. Um, there's a story that I love about a, a guy um, who is one of my heroes in the faith. His name is Martin Luther. Um, he's an old dead guy. He lived in the 1500s, but uh, old dead guys are awesome. You should go study him and read about him, okay? Go Google Martin Luther and read about his life. Um, 
You remember the crazy guy who was a Catholic priest and posted the 99 theses on the door of the Catholic Church because he couldn't stand that they were charging people to, to um, ask God for forgiveness of their sins? You remember that? Like the priests were charging people money so that they would ask God forgiveness for their sins. And Martin Luther goes, dude, that ain't right. Like when I read this book, um, there's something wrong with that. And so he posts this theses on the Catholic Church door and it starts this Protestant Reformation, this change in the church. Well, when Martin Luther was a Catholic priest, um, there was a story of him at the first mass he ever kind of presided over and he was supposed to get up and he was supposed to pray over communion, okay? Now, if you know anything about a lot of sects of the Catholic Church, they believe in a process called transubstantiation. There's another big word for you. You don't have to remember it. But they literally believe that when you take the bread and you take the juice, that it turns into the literal body and literal blood of Jesus Christ, okay? So you're not eating bread, you're literally eating flesh. You're not drinking juice, you're literally drinking blood, okay? That's what a lot of Catholic people believe. And so Martin Luther was supposed to get up And he was supposed to pray over this time called the prayer of consecration, pray over the bread, pray over the juice. And um, here's what he was supposed to pray. He was supposed to pray, we offer unto thee the living, the true, the eternal God. That's all he had to say. Get up in front of a bunch of people and you just say that one line and then you sit down, okay? Well, Martin Luther got up, again, just became a Catholic priest, first time he's ever presided over Mass. He gets up in front of this whole congregation of people, everything's in front of him, and he gets up there and he freezes. He just freezes. Like, there were people that, that recorded this, said his lips were quivering, he looked really nervous, he couldn't get any words out, and so he stood up there for a couple of minutes, and he said nothing, and then he just went and sat back down in his seat, okay? Nobody knew what to do, everybody's freaking out, this guy's a failure, Martin Luther, why did we make him a priest, right? His dad was there, he's fuming, he's embarrassed, that's my son, and uh, somebody came to Martin Luther after that service was over, And they asked him, Martin, what in the world happened up there? Did you forget what you were supposed to say? Again, let me remind you, we offer unto thee the living, the true, the eternal God. Martin, did you forget that? Here's his response. He said, at these words, I was utterly stupefied and terror stricken. I thought to myself, with what tongue shall I address such majesty, seeing that all men ought to tremble in the presence of even an earthly prince? Who am I that I should lift my eyes up or raise my hands to the divine majesty? The angels surround him. At his nod, the earth trembles. And shall I, a miserable little pygmy, say, I want this, I ask for that. For I am dust and ashes full of sin. And I am speaking to the living, the eternal, and the true God. You see, that's what it's about, man. Prayer begins and ends with you and I understanding who God is and being absolutely blown away that he has given access to himself at any time for any reason. You see, when you get that, you start to understand prayer in a completely new way. And here's the deal. If you don't know what to pray for, if this whole thing of prayer is new for you, if you don't know how to pray or how to even get words out, don't worry about that, okay? You just come back over the next several weeks because that's what we're going to be talking about is how we're supposed to pray and what we're supposed to pray for when we come before God. But here's what I thought it'd be cool for us to do tonight. Um, Eric and Chas are going to come back up. 
and, uh, and they're going to close us out. But I just thought it'd be cool if you and I, even if we've never prayed in our lives, could just sit in this moment for a minute and we could just thank God. Thank God that we can even speak to him. That's something, man, that I think too many of us take for granted. Again, man, this amazing thought. We speak, he listens. We utter words, he turns his ear. We come to him with all of our hearts and we seek his heart and he reveals himself to us. He draws near to us as we draw near to him. I think that's something to celebrate. That's something for us in this moment. I think that we should just sit and we need to thank God for So I want to do this. I I just want us to maybe sit for just a minute and you put together words however you can get words together, okay? Um, If you can't get words together, then maybe you just sit in silence and you just think on who God is. And and they're going to lead us in just a minute in a great chorus. And again, I just want to encourage you as they do that, don't just sing the song. (laughs) I want this song to be a prayer for us. I want us to offer up our voices again to that true, that living, that eternal God who so many times, man, we glance over, we look past, we don't acknowledge, but who in the midst of that still loves us, still has grace for us. And if you're here tonight and you don't believe that, it's true. It's true. You struggle with that. I want you to know God loves you. He loves you. And he's proved it through his son, Jesus. And he proves it through allowing you, even if you want to in this moment, to come before him and go, God, I am here and I don't even know why. And I don't know what's true about you and what's not. And I'm struggling, God, and I'm angry and whatever. You know what God will do? He'll turn his ear. You know why? Because that's what a loving father does for his kids. So right now in this moment, you pray. You put together words. You thank God for the opportunity to come before him and to speak directly to him. I want to give you a minute to do that. And I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to sing together. You just take a minute. You think on him. Talk to him. God, I just want to pray in this moment and thank you, God, that right now as we speak to you, God, as we offer up our our words to you, God, that you hear us, God, that you know us, God, that you see the inner parts of who we are. God, we thank you, God, that you turn your ear to listen to us as your kids. God, we thank you that we can have access to you at any time for any reason, God. And it's because you love us. It's because you're patient with us. It's because you have grace for us. Not because we deserve it or we earned it. God, it's because of Jesus. 
God, we celebrate that tonight. God, you are so good to us. God, I just want to pray over these students. God, I just pray. God, continue to mold them, continue to shape them, help them to be students who love you with all of their hearts, with all of their soul, with all of their mind, with all of their strength. God, I pray for all of us, including myself, God, that you would give us a desire, God, to be people of prayer. God, that we would not do anything. We would not go anywhere. We would not speak or, or God, share the good news of Jesus without covering it in prayer. God, I just pray you teach us to become people as, as God, 1 Thessalonians 5 says that we would be people without, that, that pray without ceasing, God. Help us to know how to be those people and to become those people who constantly have you on our hearts and on our minds all the time. God, help us to be people that see you in everything. God, we want to be a people, God, that live eternally significant lives. God, and we know that apart from you and apart from prayer that that cannot happen. So God, draw near to us as we draw near to you. God, we love you so much and we thank you for first loving us. Again, we thank you for Jesus who makes all this possible. God, and we pray this in his name.